Pulls up the three. Boom! Knocks it down. Curry from the corner at three. Puts it in. For overtime. Makes it. Garrett. Welcome to the MVP cast. It is our last edition of the show this year. And for me, Mark Woods, thank you so much for listening all year long. And we're going to finish up with someone quite important. He's the new guy in the block. He's the new chief of the BBL. He's come in to spark a resolution, change everything, and make the BBL the, the greatest thing since sliced bread was sliced bread. He is Aaron Raiden, the new CEO of the BBL. Welcome, Aaron. Thanks for having me, Mark. I really appreciate it. Um, you're just a few weeks in. Um, how have you found our, our humble league and our humble game and our humble country? Uh, well, not humble at all, actually. <laughs> uh, so uh, I've been really impressed and, and excited about what I've seen thus far um, in a few different aspects. One is just the quality of, of the games I've found to be really entertaining. Um, I had a colleague who joined me at one of the games uh, about a week or two ago from the United States. And, and at, both during and after the game, they were remarking, they were like, wow, like I didn't expect that the, that the games were going to be this good and that the quality of play would be this high. That's not to suggest that there's not room for improvement, but like very exciting. Second is the level of enthusiasm that I'm seeing in, in the arenas. Um, uh, most of the arenas are, are totally full or, or nearly so. Uh, the crowds are engaged. Um, a lot of young families, which has been really great. Um, and the people that I've spoken to at the game seem to be having a really good time. Um, uh, that's not to suggest that there aren't a number of uh, business opportunities uh, that can be expanded upon. And so that's really been where I'm spending most of my focus. You've got this mission statement, and we were on a call earlier this week when you were, were talking to the, the commentators around the league and off the streaming service. And the big, the big picture thing was we want to be a premier content and entertainment organization. Yeah. And for those people you know, listening in, particularly fans who you know, have been around the BBL or love the BBL for a while, how does that differ from just being merely a basketball league? It's a great question, um, and it's a perhaps not subtle distinction. Um, so, look, I think there's there's the in-game experience, and then there's all of the other ways that you can experience the league outside of being in an arena. Both of those are entertainment experiences. Um, uh, notwithstanding my comments before, um, there is absolutely room to create an even more exciting in-person, in-game experience from the entertainment that occurs during breaks, from the way that the starting lineups are introduced, like all of it, from you know your entrance into the game until you, you leave the arena at the end, all of the concessions and the types of things available in the arena, like that is part of your evening's entertainment. And we should be absolutely shooting to make that world-class in terms of of how somebody perceives that experience to be. Similarly, um, we're an entertainment organization. We produce entertainment and entertainment, you know, transmitted principally through video and images. Uh, and we have a lot of competition 
and it's not just football and rugby and cricket and so on it's playstation and xbox and netflix and uh you know apple tv plus and amazon prime and you know all the other things that people can spend their time on so the manner in which our game is presented uh to consumers is critically important that we engage and entertain them uh and in that respect i think that uh we've established a baseline uh but but one that i'm hoping and, and expect that we can continually improve upon um, that's everything from how the game is actually presented uh, in the broadcasts to um, our website uh, which you know, will be overhauled in the spring um, to everything we do in social and beyond so there's plenty of touch points that i think can be improved upon but all of them going back to your uh, kind recitation of, of, you know, what we're thinking of from a mission statement is focused on effectively, you know, and, and maybe, maybe you might've left off the last part, which is we want to bring joy to our, our fans. Like we want to create joyful experiences and memories. How do you take lessons and, you know, the quick sort of portfolio I mean, you've had time at ESPN as have I and you've passed through the NBA and you've been at, at Meta which is you know the ultimate data-driven organization how does those experiences shape what you're looking at here which you know it's it's I think everyone agrees and I've been around the, the BBL for a quarter of a century which makes me feel really ancient and um, but you know it's a league that's been on the cusp and it's tried you know it's had the investment in the past and it's flopped and it's shot big and it's it, it's failed and now it's it's had an upper trajectory for a while but you know what have you taken from those experiences you think oh right this can be the nudge the lever the the the, the door opening that really un, unlocks this potential sure so there's a couple things both in terms of my own experiences and then in terms of what i think is going on in the marketplace on a, on a macro basis so let me let me start with with the former um most of my experiences have been in, st in either starting or coming in to manage businesses at a relatively nascent state um, probably took me too long in my career to figure this out but the things that I enjoy most and hopefully am best at is the build process. And uh, even though this is a league that's 30 plus years old, a lot of the business aspects of it are in a relatively nascent or um, a state that that there's still significant headroom in development in. Um, so a lot of that starts with what is the infrastructure that you want to build in terms of the talent that's required to actually build that business? And happy to discuss that further if you'd like. Second, I think, and I was actually talking about this with some, some of my team members this morning, is culture. I think culture is incredibly important. Um, you know, one of the things that I'm trying to emphasize early on and will continue to do so is the level of optimism that I feel and that should be per permeating from you know my team and and across the entire league organization. Um, the second is transparency. Like I want to, I want everybody to feel like we're all in this together, and we're all going in the same direction, and that everybody has the opportunity um, to individually and collectively benefit from the growth of this league. Um, 
and I've been lucky enough, you know, maybe it's luck, maybe there's some bit of skill involved to have built a number of different, what effectively are digital content businesses. Um, and so I hope that we're focused on the right things to start. Um, it frankly is really critically imperative that I am, <laughs> uh, largely because we're operating with limited resources. And so the things that we prioritize and focus on, uh, we got to get right, or at least we got to be focused in the right areas. And, and you know, you reference data, you know, using data to, to indicate whether we're being successful in our efforts or not. And if so, we're doubling and tripling down. And if not, we're quickly pivoting and, and moving you know, to, to another uh, uh, tactic. In terms of the macro environment, I think one of the things that's that's really attractive about the league at this period in time is actually has nothing to do with the league, and that is how how people are consuming content. Um, you know, linear television, you know, the sort of traditional way that the television is delivered: BBC One, Two, ITV, Channel Four, uh, over the air. Uh, has been shrinking, and that's probably been going on for 20 plus years, slowly, 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 then faster and faster and faster. Um, and so consumers' time is spent elsewhere, and I, I pointed to some of the things that it's being spent on. And so uh, broadcasters, whether they're sort of the traditional broadcasters or st streamers, um, are attempting to identify and you've seen it in the stock prices of companies like netflix and disney and warner brothers discovery and, and comcast which owns sky uh, um you know there was sort of for some period of time they were being rewarded for growing audiences as quickly as possible so which means generally advertising and doing cons consumer acquisition and now they're being penalized because they're not profitable and part of part of their profitability is driven uh as a function of their programming costs so that combined with uh, the fact that there is enormous demand for live sports content, and there's a number of, of reasons why live sports is critically important to them. One is it's generally a younger audience, which is attractive to advertisers. Two is that um, uh, you can't skip the ads when you're watching something live, so that's important. Um, well, guess what? The BBL produces up to 20 hours of live content a week, so, you know, uh, we've got an audience that from the data that I've seen is um, is quite young and attractive to to marketers. 70% of our audience, according to our YouTube streaming data, is between the ages of 13 to 34. Um, and on a relative cost basis, we're cheap, <laughs> uh, you know, to what it costs to produce an hour of, of television that goes on air. And so, you know, going back to the original points about content, in order to be in the game, we've got to produce a broadcast at a level that is going to be commensurate with the expectations of uh, those types of distribution companies. So it's critically important that we're, we we put ourselves in a position um, to capitalize on on all of these factors, and that's what we're attempting to do. Saying that, I mean that's that content you want to turn to revenue, and you have people like Comcast Sky, or you have. Eurosports or you know BT or you know Discovery now as as they they are as a conglomerate and the people who have the budget yeah. and you know they're, okay they're a linear but they're people they're moving into digital but the spend that they have is on the big ticket items they're plowing more into Premier League 
and they've cut budgets for even for your rugby, your second tier sports and your cricket's getting a bit of that. But you can see the squeeze a little bit there as well. When you're looking at basketball in this country, it's quite far down the food chain. Do you have to grow this product before you can get the revenue or do you believe that there's something there that's, as you talked about, demographics that can really find a niche that can be a valuable niche that will justify the investment that's going into the league? Um, so a, a couple of things here. Um, one is I think it will take time to build up the audience and, and, you know, you're, uh, for, for things like rights, you're typically paid for past, not future performance. So we're going to have to establish a performance level and we're going to need to be enabled to some degree by a, by a partner or partners to get there. Um, so I expect that we'll have an opportunity to do that. Uh, in the interim, there are plenty of tools which will enable us to engage with and prospectively monetize other audiences, principally social. So one of the key, you know, and having worked at Facebook, but even before I worked at Facebook, I worked on businesses that were focused on uh, how do we distribute content at scale to targeted audiences um, and integrate brands into that either integrate brands into that content or have brands sponsor that content and i think you know part of the reason i point out the the, the uh, relative young age of our audiences and why that's attractive to to brands is we are in a in i think a very attractive position to help brands authentically connect with these audiences through content about our league uh, and that's one of the things that I'm actually really excited about. I think there's a lot of work to be done in terms of operationalizing that and being able to not only produce, but efficiently distribute that content. Um, but going back to your first question about, you know, what in my experience has sort of led me to, to believe that I have a chance to be successful here. That's one of the, the key principal areas. Uh, and I think it's, it's going to be critical to our success going forward, our ability to successfully do that. You've got to. I guess a remit to expand this. Um, you were seeing currently you know, Middle Eastern backed consortia looking at Birmingham. Belfast has got its numbers in place to conform with a bid for a franchise there. So there's big cities that want to join this, and that's I guess great for you in terms of the you know the the growth of this and and being able to find new markets. But then at the other end of the BBL, you've got your cheshires of this world who play out of small venues in a small market plymouth possibly could be considered in that as well when you're looking long term with this is there still a place in this league for some of those smaller markets who you know they're owner operated in a sense or they're run by committees it's quite old-fashioned how will they fit into this this brave new world yeah i certainly hope so and i would expect so i think look i think so a couple things. One is, if you think of the multiple revenue streams that we hope to be able to generate from the league, there will be those that come from a national standpoint, so broadcast rights, national sponsorships, licensing, uh, and all of that will be pooled and distributed equally amongst the clubs. And then uh, what the clubs can generate from their own local marketplaces. And you could argue that being in a market like London or Manchester is prospectively more uh, valuable than being in a place like Plymouth or Cheshire. And that may or may not be true. The reason I say not is like, you know, sort of, um, you know, depending on the number of competitive um, choices you have, 
uh, having been in the local broadcast business in the U.S., I know that prices in, lo in smaller local markets are actually higher uh, because there's um, the opportunities are scarcer. Um, so, you know, that's sort of TBD. I think, you know, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't know that I necessarily say a bigger issue, but uh, an issue that, you know, in particular is related to those two clubs that you mentioned, but also to many others in our league is the issue of facilities. And so, um, you know, the facilities are basically the stage upon which we're presenting our play each evening. And having control of those facilities, one, creates business opportunities. So there are two clubs in the league today that have control, Leicester and, and Newcastle. There are three clubs that, that have developments underway um, uh, to do so, to build their own and control their own facilities. So that leaves several others. Um, and the second is, you know, how do you best present your product uh, in these facilities? So. You know, I think that that is is likely a necessary part of the development going forward. Um, you reference, you know, other potential expansion. I think that that's absolutely interesting. I, you know, either in or in addition to the communities that you mentioned. Um, I think my perspective, again, very early days here, is that I would like to put us on a sort of um, more solid foundational structure uh, in terms of our ability to do all the things I mentioned before, produce content, um, uh, establish ourselves uh, much more prominently in the B2B marketplace um, to allow ourselves then the opportunity to um, facilitate the ex an expansion that would be um, mutually beneficial for all the parties involved. So would you uh, see expansion next year as too early? Uh, probably, I think. Um, you know, I think <laughs> a large part of it, it depends on how fast I'm. Uh, my team and I are able to go. Uh, in that respect, I'm operating with extraordinarily extraordinary naivete at the moment. Uh, and assume thing, you know, we'll, we'll be able to move with no friction whatsoever. Uh, but I'm also somewhat, you know, realistic that uh, things take time, building a team takes time, creating relationships, establishing a marketplace takes time. So TBD. And Scotland's quite interesting. Obviously, it's, it's close to where I'm sitting right now. But, you know, Glasgow's mm -hmm. got very exciting plans, Caledonia with you know, new arena, yes. new investment. Um, how do you view that as a kind of building block and, and also in terms of the model that you've got an investor with? Deep pockets i'm sure you want me saying that who's got big plans but also potentially there to add a franchise so you i think you've talked about it rivalries that you you create that you know that experience where it's a bit like more like football where you you want to go and you support it you know there's a second scottish team and those things are, are big i mean is, is do you think those two things together can be very exciting for this bbl i do um again i think so you kind of referenced this before uh, I'll maybe I'll take a shot at it maybe a bit more specifically is the the community or the size of the communities in which these clubs are in need to be able to support support the organization. Um, I expect that a good portion of the revenue, I hope a good portion of the revenue is coming out of national pools going forward. Um, and the local pool has to contribute in an, in an effective way. 
And so, you know, depending on the on what the proximity looks like, uh, we could be complementing or cannibalizing <laughs> each other. Um, so, you know, but establishing rivalries, you know, I think is part of, I'd almost go back to sort of um, some of the content premises that we're focused on. Uh, and I've talked about this uh, with my team before, and I'm borrowing this, so it's not my original, but sports, producing sports content is about hope and memory. You know, if you sort of watch sports through those lenses, you sort of see, oh yes, I get like particularly good sports content. So hope being about what's the ambition for my team? How is this move improving my team? What is my team going to do in their next game because of the things that they've been doing to prepare? Like a lot of sports is about the buildup. Uh, and the second part, memory, is about the nostalgia for the great moments or not so great moments that have occurred in, in a team's history. Uh, and part of why I point that out is, you know, those moments are only amplified when there's a rivalry involved, right? So I'm a Boston Celtics fan. My best memories are of the Celtics beating the Lakers. Uh, uh, I was a Boston Red Sox fan growing up. My best and worst memories are of either beating the Yankees or losing to the Yankees. And similarly, you know, in this marketplace, people's best memories of, you know, being an Arsenal fan or a, or, or, or a Tottenham fan are of beating the other club. And some of the memories that have stuck with them, you know, sometimes for the worse, are of losing <laughs> and having, you know, their friends talk smack to them about, about what occurred. So, you know, I think those are great opportunities because they create a resonance, they create an engagement, they sort of bind people to the, the sport, uh, which I think you're rightly pointing out. And I would hope that we would be able to enable those rivalries, whether they happen, you know, have to happen on a, on a physically prox proximity, you know, with a physical proximity, we shall see. Well, there's a couple of things. Um, I remember when I used to work for the NFL, and we had the NFL Europe product and it was great and it was on our doorstep and it was there and it was, you know, it was everything you would probably want it to be, but it wasn't the NFL. And the, one of the big things with that was despite that core audience, there was always that bigger audience that wanted the real thing. And the real thing in basketball terms is the NBA. And you're an, it just said, you're an NBA fan. I'm an NBA fan. And as much as I am primarily a BBL fan, I also love the NBA. And I know how many people watch the NBA passively. How do you think, as we go forth, you can persuade that huge lighted audience who will watch a Celtics highlight on, a, on, a, on the morning or a Lakers highlight or just watch that dunk or whatever it is to come and be part of the BBL family? Mm -hmm. Well, I think nothing replaces live and the excitement of being live. You know, I sort of reference, uh, you know, I coached for many years um, basketball and, you know, nothing replaces the rush of being engaged in a live sporting event, no matter who the team, it could be an eight and under team and it's exciting. Uh, so, you know, we have to figure out from a content standpoint, how to engage and draw in those audiences to have that experience and the exhilaration that comes with experiencing the sport live. Um, you know, I think basketball is one. You know, is certainly a sport that is 
better experienced in person or is one of the best in-person experiences, I should say. Uh, you know, you reference working, working for the NFL. I'd much rather watch the NFL on TV than be there in person. It's like there's breaks. You don't know what's like, why are we sitting here for five minutes and nothing's happening? Like there's actually barely any action. There's nonstop action in, in a basketball game, as you, as you well know. So, um, and look, I think, you know, a lot of what I've described from a content perspective is, is the attempt to uh, replicate that feeling that you have being in, in person for, for these games. And as I said at the very beginning, I think the level of play is such that it is exciting. Uh, and uh, I'm hopeful um, that we can um, create enough awareness of how exciting it is so that we, we, we drive, drive more engagement. You know, I'll tell you, Mark, the, the, um, uh, I, I only recently became aware of it, but there's, there's a organic fan group um, that's following the London Lions now that, um, I don't know, there's maybe 150, 200 of them that have just developed over the course of the season. And I had a chance at a recent game to chat with a few of them. And most of them are NBA fans that have sort of discovered and were like just thirsting for something that they could get their arms around and that was local to them in their community and that they could be a part of. So I think I think that the opportunity exists. Um, it's not easy, uh, but uh, I'm optimistic that we can, that we'll, we'll figure our way through it. And as we had, we're just you know, nearing the end of 2022, but to the end of 2023, <clears throat> what's, what's the big thing for you? What would you, now you've, you've, you've had a look around, you look under the, the bonnet, the hood, as you would call it in America, what would you like to have come this time next year that's changed, has grown, has improved the most? I think all of the things I described, if we execute them well, um, we will have greatly increased the awareness and affinity for our sport, both in the uh, B2C, our fan community, and the B2B, our marketing partner community. That would be the, that would probably be the principal metric. And you'll have figured out how to get run London on our crazy cheap system. The Elizabeth line has solved everything as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> there we go. We, we had that ready for you just in your arrival. So there you go. There's <laughs> a, the, the government investment at work. Aaron, we, we wish you well. We, we look forward to the, uh, the changes, the progress, the uh, evolution of this all. And um, enjoy your holiday season. Mark, I really appreciate the time. And um, I'm glad to have you involved and along for the ride. And if you want to keep tabs with what Aaron and his team are up to, you can follow him on Twitter at CEO BBL. So what have you thought about what he had to say about the future of the league? We'd love to hear from you. You can tweet us and tweet about the subject on at MVP underscore 24 seven, or head to our Facebook page and share your thoughts, ideas, and feedback on what he was telling us. Now, that is it. For 2022, the year where Spain reigned supreme, where Leicester lit up the BBL, where London Lions were unbeatable in the WBBL. And, well, it was quite a year of basketball in so many fronts on every part of the world. It's been great having your company throughout it. Thank you so much to all my guests over the course of 2022. We're going to take a few weeks off to celebrate Christmas and 
just celebrate. So thank you again. Have a great Christmas, a very happy new year when it comes from me, Mark Woods. Thank you so much for listening this year. We'll do it all again in the new year. Bye-bye.